really good I enjoyed that and their second song is tiptoe through the tulips and you have to go back a ways <laughs> uh, let's see I need somebody uh, that would bell would you if they've got that picture back there that they use for the coffee to fill up the thing if you could get me a picture yeah, give me one full of water. I need it full of water. Um, well, folks, good to see you. I um, went to a football game last night. I think it was. And, um, but went to the Memphis Tigers football game. First time I've been into a football game since the, the fall of 1977. And uh, that, that's kind of amazing. And 39 years since I've seen them play at the field. And, and uh, after what I watched last night, I understand why it took 39 years to, uh, <laughs> to come back. Uh, they did, did not do so well. So, but it really was. It was kind of amazing. Joe Beth and I celebrated a little anniversary. It was 40 years ago that we met at a, uh, going to, actually it was going to Tulsa. Uh, to play Tulsa, uh, and we met on that trip going to Tulsa, and so we we met 40 years later to to a football game at Memphis against Tulsa, and so it was it was it was still fun. Got to go spend a few minutes with my other brother who was sitting across the way over there, and and I went and met him over there. Well, this morning, uh, this you know some messages that I preach that they're messages that I try to to everybody is something to everybody and and this this truthfully can be used by everybody thank you bell no I, the uh i use that in a little bit but this this message is really uh it's a message from my heart because of some of the things that I, i've dealt with this week that I, I just felt like I need to say this if there's one or two that this, this, this needs to be cleared up. And uh, because I, I just don't want to, I don't want to stand before God and find out that somebody was not 
there that I loved and I cared about. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach this message this morning, and, and it's going to be very simplistic to some of you. It's a lot of things that you've heard for a long, long time, but I'm, but I'm going to give it anyway. I don't have a word of prayer, and I get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, I, I need your guidance this morning. I need your clarity of mind, your strength of body. Lord, I, the, the mind and the body is a little weary today. It's been a mighty busy week. Father, I pray that you'd please be with those that are that we love that couldn't be here today, that are not feeling well, and, and Lord, they, they just run through my mind right now, and, and I pray that you'd please be with those, and, and Lord, that, that maybe one day you might help us to be able to, to get something that, I guess they call it streaming, you know, that where we could, you know, have our services online, that those that are at home and sick could be able to listen. And Father, I pray that you'd please... Uh, be with us, though. Wrap your arms around our church, around each individual person, Lord. You, let your arms be a mighty hedge of protection. Let us be under your wings right now. And Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself today and ask you, please, fill me with your presence that only you would speak through me today. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope this illustration be understood, but I, I'll be traveling to Africa soon. My daughter and son-in-law and five boys are over there, and and uh, about a month from now I'll be leaving to to go there. And and uh, and while I'm there, I'll, I'll preach. I, there's a conference that's going to go on, that prayer conference that my son-in-law started a few years ago, and I preached it each time, and and they. Uh, they come from several different countries uh, to come to this this prayer conference, and I'll do that. And then we'll do what's called Christmas Crusades into the villages uh, around the, a lake. There's 24 villages that surround this lake. The lake's five miles in diameter, and uh, we have to do a lot of hiking in order to get to these villages, and uh, it's it's really rough terrain for parts of it, but. As I preach and as I witness, I have always been aware of the reality of the false doctrine and the misconceptions and even the misunderstandings, uh, partly because of language and partly because of the just teachings that they've had. And truthfully, what I've seen is that you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, the gospel started coming into that area and they got bits and pieces of Christianity and mixed it with the idol worship. So you still have idols. We have to, every time we hike down the mountain, we have to pass by idol uh, that's there where they, they even do some uh, animal sacrifice and they do different kinds of sacrifice there as we walk down going to it. And uh, they still, they, many of the villages have witch doctors and, and speaking in tongues. And, uh, and you say speaking in tongues? Yes, uh, it, it's, if you could have been there one night, I actually recorded a small portion of it uh, and then I thought nobody will understand it. But but uh, I was there one night. We were having a, a crusade into a village, and, and there in the distance, uh, they just started 
the, the, the music just started going crazy, and then they started uh, screaming words he couldn't understand, and then they went into a tongues, and then, and then started screaming like they was in severe pain. So it's, but ultimately, even in the best of the people, what you find is that they're, they're steeped in what you call a work salvation. They'll be so open to you go and approach them, and if they can understand what you're saying, because they, they, they speak a language called, where we are, a language called Twi, and, uh, and, but they know bits and pieces of English, and, and so that they understand you. They're so willing to bow their head and pray. They're so willing to say, yes, I'll do this. But what they're doing when they do that so often is that prayer is, is, is kind of like another bead that they're putting on. It's another another charm that they've added to the all the assembly that they have it's a it's another thing that they've placed on the altar that's going to help them uh try to find their way to heaven there's such a lack of teaching and lack of churches so christianity is mixed with the religions of the culture now this is the part i hope you understand when i say this but as I travel and as I, even here in, the, in this area, what I've realized is often it's very similar right here in America. In many ways, we pray to accept Christ, but there's a lot of misinformation and false doctrine. And so that there's not a complete trust in Christ, but rather the prayer is one more thing to add to the list that may help them cross over to do more good than bad on the great scales of life. This prayer to accept Christ is just, is kind of, here's the scales, and, and man, we're hoping, and so we're, we're being good, we're doing this, we're doing that, and, and we'll also pray and accept Christ. And so we're throwing this on this scale, hoping that the scale will just tip in our favor There's probably nothing that would be more devastational to me than to know that someone I've worked with, been in church with, have known, may be lost and on their way to hell. And it's not because they're sinners more than others, but because the misinformation about what the Scripture says about salvation. They've been bombarded over a lifetime with, with this thing that you've got to do all these things. You've got to come to church. And there may be somebody here this morning that you're here at church because, man, you felt like, you know, I, I've really been away from God. And, and man, you know, if something were to happen to me right now, I'd probably go to hell because I've been in so much sin or I've been this or I've been away from God or I haven't been in church. So I better go back so I can kind of work the balances out again. Romans 3.10 says, As is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. It says, There's no fear of God before their eyes. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. God said there's nobody going to be saved by how good you live. 
The scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. John, come here for a second. Yeah, what's John? Sorry, John. What I'm about to do to him, I would not embarrass my brother this way. Okay, John, jump up and touch the ceiling. That's the best you can do. Go up on the steps. Okay, jump up and touch the ceiling. Okay, didn't do it. Go up on this. Jump up and touch the ceiling. Each level he got a little better, didn't he? He still came short, didn't he? You know what this verse really means? I don't care how good you are, what level you are. Get on down there. Because this is really where you really are. <laughs> Jump up. He didn't even come close. You know why? Because he's a stinking wicked sinner. Right? That's why I didn't use you, John. Because <laughs> he's a stick, just wicked. Wicked! Okay? Now, I'm up here. I'm not as wicked as he is. Right? And since I'm not as wicked as he is, I'm okay. Because I'm better than he is. I'm pretty good, you know? Compared to him. I still come short. Brother Hopper's, man, he's an incredible Christian. Would you go on up there? <laughs> I just kind of left. <laughs> Sorry. He's so much better, man. He still comes short. Right? Brother Yarn, come here. Just this. This is amazing Christian going up there. All the way up. <laughs> Jump! Still comes short. You know what God's saying? If you've, if you've never sinned but one time in your whole life, you're so good. People want to call you a saint. People say, you're amazing. I wish I was like you. It's the kind of stuff I hear all the time. You still come short. Because all is all. Thank you, fellas. How can we be saved then? Here's what the problem is. I'm talking to so many people that, well, you, you know, I... You know, it's gonna, I think it's pretty good. I'm going to weigh, weigh it out, and, and I treat people better, and I don't act like all the fools on the street. But it doesn't matter. You're still a sinner. You still come short. The Scripture says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, 
to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 9 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, the most familiar verse, but do we really believe it? For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. God said it has nothing to do with your works, how good you are. He said it's a grace through faith. He said even the faith you have, God gave you. God gave you the faith. God's grace is what saves you. Now, since I can't reach heaven, no matter how hard I try, The scripture says in Romans chapter 5, it says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man should some even dare to die. But I love this verse. But God commendeth his love toward us. That means he showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I owe eternal death because of my sin. The wages of sin is death. And so I owe eternal death because of my sin. And my sin keeps me short of heaven, but not only keeps me short of heaven, but in order to pay for the one sin, if that's all I got, the one sin I have, I've still got to go to an eternal hell. But Christ died in my place. He never sinned, yet he died. He didn't know death. Sin is the only reason that you have to die. And he never sinned, yet he died. So he died to pay for your sin and for my sin. He says, much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. God says it's through Jesus and him alone. Just an illustration. I got a lot of illustrations here today, but, but uh, let's see here. Chris, I'll use you this time. Amen? I need a representation of ugly um, <laughs> come here, Chris. God bless you. Love me. <laughs> he didn't want to lie. All right. You feel like standing up? You sure? All right. All right. You're not going to stand too long. Here's good. Take your coat off. This is Jesus. And here's how you're saved. This is the righteousness of Christ. This is sin. Take your coat off. 
This is all of Chris's sin. Put it on. Yeah. Put it on. Uh, here you go. Don't. Uh, you know what? Our sin don't really fit Jesus, but he took it anyway. Do you understand that's, that's really it? All of the sin was placed on Jesus. All of the righteous and perfection of Jesus was placed on us when we accept Christ as our Savior. Okay. Thank you. You can get out of here. I got one more illustration for you. And you don't have to put that back on. Sit down and be comfortable. Now, here's our problem. Death, we were born in sin. Death, both physical and eternal, awaits us if we try to live good enough to go to heaven. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When Jesus gives us his righteousness and takes all of our sin upon him, then we have the gift of eternal life. When he takes all of our sin upon him and we get all of his righteousness, that's eternal life. And that's why he says, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. If we believe and realize salvation cannot be earned, if we believe and realize that Jesus Christ, the sinless, perfect Son of God, paid our sin debt by His blood, His death, and His resurrection, we can have eternal life. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. He says, verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when we call upon the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, that means to call upon his authority and his ability, the name of the Lord. He's a, his authority because he's God, his ability because he died in our place. And we call upon him and trust him. And with our mouth, we call upon him. With our heart, we believe upon him that he is our only hope of heaven. Amen. Now, this is, for many of you, is, is old. And once we, we understand this in Ephesians chapter 1, we see that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. People think, well, you can lose your salvation. Listen to me. But God says in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. God says, Listen, Jesus saved you by his blood. Jesus took your sin upon him. Jesus gave you his righteousness. And just so you understand that this can't be taken away, it is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. We're not stronger than God. That's like God put us in a bag, sealed it up, and said, done. You are sealed for all eternity. 
Seal is a device, a substance, or someone who joins two things together as to prevent them from coming apart or to prevent them from anything passing between them. Now, all of that is what you've, many in here, you've heard and heard and heard. Here's the the part that I'm not sure is quite as familiar. Some would recognize it, maybe not. Romans chapter 11, verse 6, to me, describes the real essence of where the problem is, even in Memphis. Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Now, listen to what that says. If it's of grace, it's no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Now, the grace is the grace of God, the grace of Jesus Jesus Christ dying in our place, Jesus Christ being willing to take all our sin upon him, Jesus shedding his blood, hanging on the cross. The grace of God sent his son to die in our place, to shed his blood, to die, to be buried, to rise from the grave. He did that. And that's the grace of God. So here's what I want to try to show you. Here, I'm sorry. Here is the grace of God. It's pure, it's clean. That's the grace of God. Here is all of us. Now, all of us have sinned. We were born in sin. Matter of fact, that which colored this was already in the glass when I poured the water in. So, I mean, the moment we, we took our first breath, sin's in our blood. We're born in sin. Now, if I can, it says that if it's of grace, it's no more of works. So, we're not only in sin, but here this coloration is going to represent our works, our goodness. So we're going to say, this is us, and this is us, and we're going to live good enough to go to heaven. Now, here's what's going on. We say, okay, I go and I witness and, and I tell them about Christ and tell them about the need to accept Christ as Savior, and they say, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pray and accept Christ as a Savior, but here's what's happening. We added grace to our works. And it's no more grace. You can't add that prayer you can't add trusting Christ to what you're doing. It's no more works. It's no more grace. It stops being grace. I put grace in there, it vanishes. Stops being grace. Doesn't exist anymore. Grace is gone. God says. This is your only way. We can't take 
and add grace to our works. We have to allow grace to be all that we trust. And that's where I'm seeing as so many that I talk to. It's been ingrained in their minds their whole life. Well, I'm going to trust Christ. Sure. Oh, yeah, I, I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus a long time ago. I accepted Christ as my Savior. Okay. Do you believe that getting baptized helps you go to heaven? Do you believe coming to church this morning helps you go to heaven? Do you believe being good to people helps you go to heaven? Do you believe being a little bit better than somebody else helps you go to heaven? Is there anything that you say, well, I know I've got to trust Christ, but I still, well, folks, whether you put grace with works or works with grace, it's the same result. Grace is gone. Because God says, you, no, you can't do it that way. you got two choices. Work your way to heaven. And can I tell you, truthfully, do you know how you get to, you work your way to heaven? It's a, it's a long-term contract. You spend eternity in hell paying off your sin. And can I tell you, it'll never happen. It'll never be completely paid. Or you take the grace of God. Complete trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And the question always comes then, you know, that, okay, well, look at this. Does that mean that I can just do whatever I want to? You know, I mean, I can just, if I really trust Christ as my Savior, listen to me. People say, well, why go to church? I'm not in church and haven't been for, since I got well, really got in church in 1978. I'm not in church because I, it's going to help me go to heaven. I didn't get baptized because it's going to help me go to heaven. I don't try to treat people good because it's going to help me go to heaven. No, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, Jesus loved me enough to die for me. And now, you know what he asked me? Would I love him enough to live for him? Not to get there, because I'm already on my way there. I'm already on my way to heaven. So what I do now is, Lord, you've been so good to me. You know, as I try to live for Christ, you know what my big hope is? Not that it's going to help me get to heaven, but that the way I live and represent Christ might help someone else get to heaven. You don't add grace to works. Grace must replace. The God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath 
quickened us. That word quickened means made us alive. So the question is, I'm just going to ask you, please be honest with yourself right now. What were you believing? I can't, I don't know how to, if I could show a better example I show you, but if it's of grace, it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. You cannot mix the two things. You've got to take one or the other. That means we've got to say, I trust Jesus and Him alone 100%. With all my heart, I realize there's nothing. I trust Jesus. Does that make me get closer to Him so now I can touch Him? Well, listen, I don't even have to jump up there. Jesus has already reached it for me. He took my place. Please think this morning. God just burned my heart, and, and, and I'd like to not think it's a waste of service, but God just burdened my heart this week as I was talking to different people, and I thought, Lord, there's so much confusion. So many religions even that just propagate this. And can I tell you, just let me help you. The reason it's preached this way that you got to do things to go to heaven is so that we can get you to be more faithful. No, look, if you got to come to church regularly to go to heaven, then you're probably going to come to church more regularly. If you got to give money to go to heaven, you're probably going to give more money. But God doesn't want that, and I don't want that. I want you to do what God wants you to do because you love Him for what He's done already for you. And I believe the greatest catalyst, the greatest force that drives me is not intimidation, it's love. It's not fear, it's love. He said, and if some have compassion, making a difference. He said that first. And then he said, and others pulling him out of the fire. You know, I mean, you, you, you've got to, look, I understand some people only come because they fear. And some people only even trust Christ because they fear hell. But mostly God said, you know what I really want? I want people to come because they understand my love, the love that sent me, the love that took me to the cross, the love that kept me on the cross, the love that brought me from the grave. That love is for you. And he says, now would you love me? But the demonstration the, the works that we do in order to earn his love, that's taking us to hell. What we have to do is understand we already have it. And God, I trust you, I accept you, I believe in you. Please, I receive you as my Savior, dear Jesus. There's nothing I can do. I can't even help myself get to heaven. It's 100% trust and dependence in your death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus, I accept your gift of eternal life. And when you do that, now you're on your way to heaven because God promised it. 
And what you do with that life. Folks, right here, this, this ring's a gift from my daddy, and it was a wedding ring of my mom, and, and, and I asked for it, and, I, and I've had it, and I've worn it ever since the day I was given it. And this ring is a gift of mine. But listen to me. When I saw it laying on his dresser and laying there, I said, may I have that? I saw it. I understood it. It was there. It was real. It existed. But until I accepted it, it was not mine. And you may say, well, I believe Jesus died on the cross and I believe he was buried and, and I believe in all that. But listen, it got to me a moment where you take it. Now listen to me. Once you take it, it's yours. But listen, I could have taken this ring and I could have thrown it on the ground and stomped on it. I could have thrown it away. I could have destroyed it. But listen, because it was mine now. But no, because the love that gave it to me, I want to care for it. That's who Jesus is, and that's what salvation is, and I pray that that's what we will trust and accept. Father, I pray that you bless.